Let me tell you a story about a game called Frustration. A dog used to follow me around when I was 10. One day, my father had his driver run this dog over in plain view of the house. I watched from my window, the black car purring on the grit, the driver's hands shaking as he prepared himself for a second hit, and my father sitting in the back seat, watching. The car reversed. Again, his tyres rolled over my dog, and then he sent for me. I was calm until I reached... My name is Chibundu Onizo. I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, stayed there for the first 14 years of my life before I moved over to England. I went to King's for my undergraduate. I went to the enemy school. Um, I studied history there. Um, and I'm not UCL, obviously, doing a master's in public policy. I was calm until I reached him, his head bowed in the black funeral suit that he wore throughout my childhood, his arms folded. I'm so sorry. I know how much that dog meant to you. I don't know how this idiot didn't see it. I knew he was lying. He knew I knew. And in that moment, I felt an anger fill me so strong. It would surely have killed one of us if I let it loose. Somehow, it was clear to me that this would be the wrong thing to do. I strolled over to the dog and prodded it with my foot. Blood had streaked its fur and it was whining in pain. My father studied my face, searching for the smallest hairline of a crack. I just stood there looking at the animal. Finally, I said, Daddy, please, can we run over my dog again? Both he and the driver were visibly shocked. My father nodded. The driver shook his head, his knuckle bones popping out of his dark skin. Do as she says. Aim for the head, I said, leaning against the car and taking a perverse pleasure in the driver shrinking away. I turned and walked towards the house in that stroll that children have on the first day of their summer holidays. I called over my shoulder, almost as an afterthought. Daddy, please make sure he hits the head this time. Abike 1, Mr Johnson 0. At what age did you know you wanted to be a writer? Obviously, like the first time I attempted my first piece of fiction was when I was 10. Um, that was my first ever attempt at writing anything that wasn't homework or wasn't an essay. But I wouldn't say I wanted to be a writer then. I just kind of thought, why not give this writing thing a go? But it wasn't even as lucid as that. It was just I had some free time. I had an exercise book and I started writing. Maybe my teenage years perhaps 14, 15 after I'd moved here, that I started to perhaps think, oh, I want to be a writer. But not before that, definitely not before that. I think I've got this right. You're the youngest woman to ever get a deal with Faber? Yes, they've told me. And obviously you signed the deal in when you were 19, but you must have been writing this book for a long time before that. How did you balance that with being a school student and then latterly an undergraduate student? Well, I started writing The Spider King's Daughter when I was 17. Um, so I was in A-levels at the time. But um, luckily for me, I was in a boarding school. And so I had, um, first of all, I had my own room, which um, I'd never had a room to myself before I'd moved to England. I'd always shared with my cousins, my sister, etc., etc. And I was also a full boarder. So I didn't go home on the weekends like most of the girls did. And so on the weekends, it was either like just hang around or write and you know I did hang around but then I also had ample time to write and so I didn't have to juggle so much I mean I remember in my final year of A-levels there my penultimate report wasn't very good there was a lot of Chibundu has gotten distracted and we don't know what's distracting her because I didn't tell my teachers what I was doing but yeah it, it was all right in the end <laughs> <laughs>
Um, so could you sort of describe a little bit what the novel's about? Okay, well, um, so there's Abigail Johnson. She's a rich man's daughter. Um, her father is an incredibly wealthy man in Lagos. And then there's the street hawker. And so they meet on the side of the road. And Abigail is struck by the fact that this hawker speaks well. And she's also... Um, also notices that he's handsome and these two factors combined make her intrigued by this boy that she meets on the side of the road and so she decides to um to stop every day and buy things from him and then they strike up a friendship and it's not um, clear from the beginning that it's going to end up in a romance perhaps it doesn't or perhaps you read the book and and think it never does how do you feel it's been received by uh, Nigerian readers? Well, it's interesting, actually. I've gotten um, a lot of feedback from Nigerians in diaspora. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from them. And they enjoy it, obviously. It reminds them of home. There's that nostalgia. But then when Nigerians living in Nigeria, and slowly I'm getting a readership in the country. I just had a review this last weekend. They're certainly more critical than... <laughs> And then, um, you know, so I've had a lot of, um, you know, you haven't gotten the patois right, you haven't gotten the pigeon right, you haven't gotten X, Y, Z right. And I'm, I mean, obviously, I don't live in Nigeria at the moment. I go often enough, but I'm willing to take the criticism just because you have to be willing to take criticism from anywhere. Um, you know, if I can take it from The Guardian, then I can definitely take it from Nigerian readers at home. Um, so I don't um, dismiss any criticism that comes. And, you know, I listen to it and I say, OK, well, in book two, we will try. <laughs> we will try better. We will try harder. But, yeah, I'm always happy to hear reader feedback.